What is up, you guys? Welcome to Mindset Sessions by Off The Wall Therapy. I am Brock Eisman, and I am stoked to give you guys a look into the sport and performance psychology world. I am here to help you create tools and optimize your potential. Let's get it. How are we doing, everybody? Okay, so for today, we are lucky enough to have Matt Luke here, and he is a successful business owner of, you'll see, multiple businesses and a future business that's also coming up as well, but he was a former professional baseball player. He was drafted by the Yankees, and he played for the Angels, the Dodgers, um, but We'll get right into that. I, I'm really, really excited to have him here. Um, he and I actually go to Bible study together, and he actually hosts the Bible study, so that's where we met, and I'm really excited to have Matt Luke here. So Great to be here. Introduce yourself, Matt. Yeah, uh, excited to be here, and, and uh, it's been great getting to know you and, mm-hmm. and your family, and and you know, I'm excited to share a little bit about my journey today and and pre-baseball, baseball, and and then post-baseball with with some of the businesses I'm currently involved with. Awesome. I love it. Okay. So what were the early years like? So kind of run me through, like start right around high school um, and kind of go through there. Sure. What were those like? So I'm one of four kids and I have an older brother and a younger brother. And my my younger years were lots of fun, highly competitive. Uh, The three of us were always on you know, a basketball court, a baseball field, playing over the line. You know, uh, we, we we did just about anything with a ball, and that brothers do. It was it was a fun kind of upbringing in that, but and uh, had a lot of support in that too. So I I attribute a lot of my uh, fortitude on the on the field to just the competitive nature I grew up in in my home. We were pushed. We we made each other better. Um, but um, high school was a blast. I, I started off at Brea High School and moved to El Dorado High School for baseball purposes uh, and um, really was um, uh, just a good move for me. Um, as a younger kid, I, if I go back a little further, I, I went through some challenges with some facial surgeries, some... some um, a lot of name calling, making fun of. So, you know, my, my, my real younger years, uh, I went through uh, just a challenging time from um, more of an emotional point of view with mm. being called names, being called out. And uh, looking back was was uh, just a, a blessing for me to be able to uh, persevere through that, navigate through that, because it taught me a lot about compassion um, towards towards others and caring for others. So grateful for that in my early years, but really always that supportive family from my brothers to my parents to my extended family. I, I feel really fortunate to have had, um, always had a bat or a glove or a ball provided to me to go play a game or be on a great team or, or be exposed to, um, you know, sport the way I was. Did you play any other sports? I did. So, 
Um, in high school, I played baseball, basketball, and football, uh, and loved them all. Uh, I was never played youth football, so I got in kind of. I was a skinny, tall kid. You That's exactly. I, I yeah. went straight. My mom wouldn't let me actually play because she didn't want me to get hurt. And then I played my freshman year of high school, and everyone was like, "Who is this kid?" Yeah. yeah, that's kind of the same path I was on. And you know, it took me a while to get used to getting knocked around a little bit. And, yeah. And um, by my, you know, played my freshman year football, came back my junior and senior year at El Dorado, and finally it gained enough size to be able to be competitive a little bit out there. But Loved basketball, uh, and what position in football? Uh, played played a tight end and free safety on the football field. Nice, yeah. Two went, way. went both ways my senior year, mm. and played center on the basketball team. I was, you know, I'm not o- overly tall to play center, but loved to scrap it up in the key and you know fight for some rebounds. Yeah, and, and Eldorado is a pretty small school too, right? Yeah, not super known for basketball. No, not, we went twenty and five my senior year. We had a good oh, year. Wow. Yeah, so we we had a good team, um, good memories, great uh, great high school experiences. We won the CIF title on our baseball team. Got to play in Dodger Stadium. That was a thrill and a highlight. And um, yeah, just some great great experiences. When you were in high school, what was uh, what was your favorite sport? Definitely uh, baseball, but I enjoyed each sport in each season it's a little different now you know i i you know the era i grew up in you 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 played what was in season and so but the el dorado in high school is where i learned that you actually had to i had to take a a fifth period teacher's aid to go get some work done on the baseball field during basketball season Mm. so it's where i I realized that you got to put in a little bit extra work if you're gonna gonna really have success, and had some opportunities to do that um, while I was there, it was good. That's awesome. Yeah, no, I I always ask that question: What's your favorite sport? Because when I was in high school, baseball was not my favorite sport. Baseball was probably my least favorite sport. I was just, I mean, I wasn't even that good at it in high school. It kind of turned into my thing when I went to college. Basketball was by far my favorite sport because I loved jumping. Yeah. Um, my dad high jumped. He Held the record at San Clemente for like a really long time. He was 5'11 in high school and high jump 7'2". Wow. So those genes kind of got passed on to me and I really, really enjoyed jumping. Um, nice. So I always, like with baseball, baseball I was always just like, you can't jump in that sport. Like you just run around and yeah. then I became a baseball player and I was like, okay, I found a love for it. I found this different side of it that I never really saw. So basketball, awesome. basketball was always there for me. Awesome. Um, but I didn't become a baseball player until college. You played basketball too, though. Yeah, I played yeah. football, basketball, and baseball. Nice. So you're saying your generation, like when you like yeah. you played whatever was in season, like that's exactly what I was. Like I didn't just love one sport so much that this is who I was, and I'm working so hard because you see a lot of athletes now today that are just like this is my one sport. But yeah, my philosophy when it came to that, and also what my dad kind of was just like Brock, like basketball makes you a better baseball player. Football makes you a better basketball player. All of these different sports make you better at the sport that you're playing. Absolutely. And I learned so much about like mindset and mental performance all based on all these different sports that I played. Yeah. Like, like in football, keeping your head on a swivel, like you never know when someone's going to hit you. Like, like just the, the little tiny things inside of all those different sports, they helped me so much. And then totally. playing outfield in college, like, I was not afraid to destroy my body to catch a ball. Like I, yeah. I love jumping to try and rob a home run or if there was a play that we were going to go dive on, like 
that's what I live for. Yeah. Like I absolutely love those plays. So that's awesome. All the other sports that helped me with baseball. Yeah. And I didn't know that was happening, but that's what other playing other sports does. Yeah. It's really important. I realized, you know, I was privileged to be chosen for the Orange County all-star team in basketball. Mm. And I realized at that game that I didn't have a a long future in basketball. (laughs) I was around, I mean, I I was around a lot of guys that were a lot better than me. Mm. Uh, And it was a thrill to be there and, and experience that. But I, I realized really quick that at the next level, basketball would, would have been really challenging for me. Yeah, no, yeah. absolutely. I remember that as well. Yeah. When guys are six six, jumping just as high as me, I'm like, oh man. Yeah. No, absolutely. Okay, so when you got drafted, tell me how that went. Did you get drafted out of high school or out of college? I, out of college. I didn't get drafted out of high school. Okay. Um, I, I like you, was two-way. I was a pitcher and a and a first baseman um bat left throw left bat left throw left um i had a i really had a game my high school year that defined my next step into my my college opportunity and i threw a no hitter against servite at glover servite's a good baseball team. they were a good baseball team back then and and what was great is is that i had eight walks that game and and we won five nothing. The bases were loaded two innings. It was really not my best game, mm. <laughs> but the 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 score line was no hitter, and I was a left handed pitcher. And as soon as that happened, it, my world opened up to the phone started ringing, college opportunities, and so I. What year? That was senior. That was my senior year. Yeah, and uh, so I went to Cal. Um, I played college ball at Cal. I wanted to go to UCLA. They gave me the same scholarship, but they were going to redshirt me. Cal gave me an opportunity to compete right away. So I took a leap of faith and went up there and loved the coaches and um, had a great opportunity and and was part of a a team that my junior year went to the College World Series there. Hmm. So great opportunities, great guys. We're still on text chains today, you know, keeping in touch and pretty cool. That is awesome. So you still talk to them? We still communicate regularly. How yeah. many guys from that team actually still communicate? You think probably twelve guys on this text thread. No way. Yeah, so maybe rad. more actually. That's so awesome. Yeah, experience is like going to a college real series. That is something that you're gonna have in your mind forever. For sure. Yeah. Tell me a little about that. What was that like going to college? You know what? What, what was great about that Brock is uh, my freshman year. We were a heavy freshman team. We had like nine incoming freshman recruits were were uh, responsible for the worst record in the in the Pac-12 of all time at 3 and 27 oh in my. conference. Wow. So that was a bunch of freshmen our freshman year that same group 2 years later went to the College World Series. So it's a great it's a great picture of um, taking your lumps, um, not throwing in the towel, persevering through, looking inward, you know, digging deep to you know, want want to want to win and want to figure out how to be better. Um, and this this team was special because of that first year experience, where I think I ran more after the after each game than in any year of my life. Oh, wow. We were run, we were doing a lot of uh, a lot of running per coaching a staff. Lot of poles. Yeah. What kind of conditioning did you guys do in college for that? Well, I was because you know as a pitcher, you know you run a lot of poles. Yeah. 
Um, that freshman year, we would line up down the right field line. It seemed like every every game after most games, and and we would just run probably hundred yard sprints until it got dark. It was it, there were some long nights, so it wasn't regulated. Like now, <laughs> now it's so regulated to where you can only be coached by a coach for a certain amount of hours, and then they have to do this thing called player coaches, and then the players have to be like coaches because it's so regulated, you know. Yeah, and that's interesting. I mean, I I would have loved to experience that. Yeah. We had my freshman year what I thought was one of the craziest experiences we had. It was almost like it was almost like being in the military. Like we we would condition until at least a few people threw up. Like it was okay, yeah. so three people have to puke today. Um we're gonna condition until we stop doing that. And I was just like, Oh my gosh, it's my freshman year. This is college baseball. Yeah. Um for sure. Was there any experiences like that? Totally. So you just triggered a thought in me that, you know, our freshman year, everybody lives in the dorms. It, it, in Berkeley, we trained in the football stadium in the weight room. And it was a mile, solid mile uphill to get there. And it was 6 a.m., two or three days a week that we had weight training mm-hmm. in, in the football stadium. And, you know, looking back, it was, it was less about weight training and more about commitment and people showing up on time two, three mornings a week at 6 a.m. in cold weather, walking in your sweats uphill as, as, a, as a college student. Mm. Uh, it was, you know, it, it, was, it was something that I think was one of those ingredients that helped us our junior year, you know, get there yeah. um, and, and have that experience. But it was just about, you know, being committed to a common goal, being committed to, to something that's bigger than yourself and um, everyone kind of buying into that. And uh, it was hard. <laughs> it wasn't fun. Uh, but but uh, I learned a lot from it. I learned, I learned the importance of commitment and showing up and uh, doing things in a collective environment where team... Uh, it's about team, not you. Mm. And so there were some really good lessons at Cal. Doing things that are hard. Yeah. Yeah. When you do things that are hard, even with a group, too, that's, you guys are being forged. Yeah. <laughs> forged to be that College World Series team two years later that you probably weren't even really thinking about. Well, it was always a goal, of course. But yeah, it's, you know, it's, you're, the focus is on each day. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's really what when we get into my, my professional kind of part of my life, I learned some valuable lessons there about the importance of, of really making the most of each day, being in the moment, um, planning for for that, and and having short term and long term goals. Mm, got you. Okay, so let's kind of jump into that professional side. Um, how did your experiences as a professional baseball player shape your mindset? in regards to like mental performance and how you carried those lessons into your business endeavors? Well, I learned some, you know, I was drafted by the Yankees and, you know, I was a Dodger fan, West Coast guy and the Yankee here, the Yankees draft me and I'm, I'm like, you know, just excited to go play baseball. And, but what I didn't realize, you know, as a 21 year old man was the, who the Yankees were. And so being drafted into that family uh, was just an amazing, amazing six years of my life. I got to uh, I got to be around Hall of Fame coaches every day. 
I got to be in an environment that that strived and wouldn't compromise uh, excellence. Um, it's part of their mantra, part of who they are. They've won 27 you know, World Series titles and they expect greatness. So I, I, I was excited about that. I learned a lot from that. Um, they did things differently. Uh, no facial hair, no jewelry. You're wearing your uniform a certain way. It was all about team, not about individual. And subscribing to a larger goal, which was, you know, was was we have championships to win, and and we're going to do it, um, representing a great tradition and, and and team and brand. So that was fabulous. But it was it was really about those people too, just learning from those people how they went about their business, and and you know I was drafted the same year that Derek Jeter was drafted. So I got to come up through the ranks with him. Got this, you know, 56 years as a, as a rookie and in, in rookie ball in the minors. Um, a couple of minor league championships. Um, um, got to got to play a lot around him. Mariano Rivera was a teammate in the minor leagues. Andy Pettit. There's just some big names, some, some Hall of Fame guys that um, I got to be around. So that was great. Um, one of the things that I'll never forget, and I may have shared this with you, I don't know, but but Jeter and I were, I don't know, it was an off, we were headed to a practice or something, and and he shared a story with me that his dad told him when he was getting into pro ball that, that he needed to get up for uh, the three, four, five starters and not just focus on one and two. And the one and two starters, as you know, five-man rotation in baseball were usually the, you know, the Friday night game, the ESPN game, the, the, the game that guys get up for because someone important or big might be, might be going on the, on the hill against us. So what it taught me and what I already knew, it taught me, but it, it kind of ingrained that really what he was saying is that every day counts. Um, the three, four, five starters are when less people are watching. People aren't paying attention. You you know might be on a side field or in, in pro ball. You're always moving. But so it was it was just a great reminder that every day has value. Um, those three, four, five days prepare you for the one and two days. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I went about my business and tried to go about my business in in that manner. That every day I I could improve myself. I could grow. I could get better, uh, but that's something I, I took from from pro ball that I that I keep with me still today. Mm-hmm. Is every day counts. You know, I reflect back on career. You as an athlete, there were days where I'd take ground balls on a park in my neighborhood with my brother or my cousin. Right. So it's you know no one was there, but I was working on things. So um, there's every day every 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 skill that we're working on to, to improve ourselves, you know, has value. And I take that into my business today. I remind myself that, you know, some days we feel better than others. Some days we feel refreshed. Some days we feel tired. And so, you know, I'm reminded that today has value. Today's a gift. And really, you know, with, with the foundation of faith that came later in my life, I really start each day and approach each day with, Lord, who do you have for me today? Who can I impact today? Who can I positively 
uh, impact today. And so that's exciting. You know, when, when, you, when, I, when, I, when I pray that prayer in the morning, I w- walk out the door, I'm like, uh, I'm armed for um, who can I positively impact today? And who can I add value to? Who can I help? Who can I share with? And so, you know, this is a big world, a lot of people. And oftentimes we know who most of those people are, but, but you know, it seems like there's, there's different people and new people coming all the time. All the time. When you least expect it, too. Yeah. Maybe when you're having a bad day. <laughs> no, that's awesome. Exactly. I, I love that. Um, did you have any, like, specific, either mindset-related or, like, mental performance-related, like, strategies that you implemented in your professional career that you also do today? Because I know you're talking about that. Mm-hmm. Is there any other kind of strategies that you kind of went through or techniques is there anything that you kind of go, I know prayer, that's a form of meditation for sure. Yeah. Um, also kind of setting an intention for the day, like you're saying. Yeah. But what other kind of strategies or techniques have you used or you still use? Well, definitely starting with prayer today is, is essential. But, you know, I, 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 the, people talk about superstition, right, in baseball and sport. And, yeah. And so I, I refer to it as positive mental routine. Hmm. Um, and, and I went through... A positive mental routine every day in baseball uh, and I still do that in my life now but what really what that is 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 it's it's putting my you know putting doing things that are healthy for my mind and my body uh, often that was nutrition exercise food um, refining my skills on the field whether it be hitting fielding throwing what you know running what all those things so Preparation was a big part of that for me. Um, and so I felt mentally most focused, most in my lane, if you will, when I knew I was prepared. Didn't always mean I was going to succeed, you know, on a, on, a, on a bat or on the field that day. But it put me in, in a mental state of I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm, I'm ready and, and I'm, I'm going to, you know. I'm going to take a positive uh, approach to this new opportunity I have today with the full expectation of, of persevering. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you, I had to be there, Brock, or, or I was already at a loss. Mm-hmm. I had to put myself into, I'm stepping into this pitch right now. I'm going to win this pitch. Mm-hmm. And so I took it in increments. You know, when I was, when, when I was, when things were going bad on the baseball field, I would show up to the field and say, man, I just got to get one hit today. That was my, my mentality, mm. right? When, when I was really out of my positive mental routine. Mm. And when I, was, when I was dialed in, it was, I'm going to win every pitch today. Mm. Um, and so I realized that when my focus was here, I lost, I lost the focus on each little detail of, each pitch Hmm. Um, and so I tried to reel that in whenever I could and be aware of that Hmm. of man I'm tired today it's a long season it's late the dog days of summer I just got to get my one hit today bad I mean and and looking back I learned from that that was the wrong attitude it was the bad it was a bad mentality yeah Um, and it was a survival mentality rather than a a mentality to thrive Hmm. and so um, 
when I was when I was really in my lane again, it was it was the it, small increments of, of focus, moment by moment, pitch by pitch, mm. and so evaluating that as I went through my day. But anyway, that was, and and I, you know, in business today, it's the same thing. It's preparation. It's I I I, I, I compartmentalize, you know, um, what I need to do to prepare, and I I make sure that I have my list that I prepare. So when I step into an opportunity or being able to help somebody, uh, I'm adding value. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to add value to the team. I want to, I want to add value to people in, in my business now. Mm-hmm. So not, you know, not just, it's not just about collecting a paycheck. Mm-hmm. It's about adding that value to somebody to help them through an important you know, situation or process. Yeah. So another strategy that you could say, like when you said list, like what kind of, is that another strategy that you use as well? We talk about lists, like a power list. Yeah. So, I mean, I've always been a, um, I mean, my brother, when I was, when I was playing in the big leagues, I carried around a little notebook like this, Mm -hmm. a little smaller. And it was, I recorded every pitcher I faced, every pitch, what the account was and what they threw me. Because I knew that we were going to play them again later in the season, so it was just the detailed, you know, pitch by pitch, pitch by pitch. Yeah, uh, you know, it's, it's two and one, three and one. Am I going to get a fastball from this guy, or is, does he have a secondary pitch that 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 he's he's more comfortable with? So those lists I take with me today. I have, I have. <laughs> my desk has notebooks like this. I have yellow pads. I got notes everywhere. Mm-hmm. Maybe right now a little bit too, a little bit too many. I need to reel them in a little bit. <laughs> but but yeah, the list is. Um, you know, a kid asked me one time. I get to go talk to some teams. He said he he, he said hey you know I I'm a pretty good performer. I but when the pressure's on, I, I I don't come through in the clutch. It's like what? How do how do you how do you navigate that? Really was this question to me. And it was a it was an immediate quick response um, for me because when I stepped in the batter's box in a in a clutch situation, I had been there a hundred thousand times, and I it was in my backyard, in my bedroom, in my kitchen, and on the in my cul-de-sac, on the you know in my classroom, envisioning what I was going to do to win that game, to hit that pitch, to come through for the team. And it wasn't just mental, but it was the physical and the mental working together and, and, and being ready for that moment. So that's my um, kind of encouragement for younger athletes is if you want to come through in the moment, prepare for that moment over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. And when you do that, you're going to fail a lot. Um, but you're also going to have some successes. And the more of those successes you have, the more belief that will come from you being able to persevere in that, that moment. Mm. So I always wanted to be the guy with the game on the line. Um, you know, I, I had some big moments through my career when everything was on the line. Because, not because I was great, because I had really feel like I was... I was taught and self-taught a little bit, but also coached to prepare for the moment. Prepare for the moment. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so when those moments happen, and sometimes they're unexpected, sometimes they're spontaneous, you're aware of them, you're ready for them. And um, some, of, some of my best moments were, were those in my career. Yeah, so what you're talking about is to add another strategy, that's visualization using imagery. Mm -hmm. Um, There's actually a place in your brain when you talk about memories. Those memories, if you can get really good at visualizing, even visualizing negativity, we can get to that later, but um, when you visualize the way that your stored memories work, like your memories, they're actual, like you can actually image something, like imagine something, and visualize it and it could actually realistically switch over to your actual physical side so like when I say hundred percent mental and hundred percent physical is you can the reason why you get to those places when it's a really highly stressful situation and you can succeed in that um, it's all because of those stored memories that you put inside of your head like even when you get a hit say you got a hit yesterday that stores a memory inside of your head. Mm-hmm. That next day, it's not there, but that memory is. So right. that's why imagery and visualization is so important. And I try and get my athletes to understand that. And it's it's almost more important than going out and physically training. It's it, they're the same. You know, it's like that's why I say the game is a hundred percent mental and a hundred percent physical. And that pertains to every situation in your life. You know, like yeah. if you're constantly going to have negativity bouncing around in your head and only be a negative individual. Um, all you're storing is negative memories, you know, on situations rather than flipping the perspective and being like, okay, what did I learn from this situation? You mentioned right. failure, right? And for the younger guys who are listening, I, I don't want failure to even be in their vocabulary because the only time you truly fail is when you quit or when you give up. Exactly like you're saying, you may get out, you may strike out, but you don't fail at that at bat. You learn from that at bat. Right. Every situation that you go through, you grow through, you know, yeah. and it's, it's the perspective of growing. Amen. Yeah. Amen. That's, that's how you learn for sure. Yeah. And, and the best in the game do exactly what you just said, Brock. They, they, they learn from that experience. They go back and they say, okay, what am I going to do different next time? Yeah. What adjustment can I make? Um, how can I, you know, how can I, 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 I win that situation next time. That's the wonderful, you know, nature of sport mm-hmm. is it's always changing, right? It's it's always something new, something different, strategic. So for sure, it's it, it this life and it's no different really in business. I'm learning something new every day. Um, I don't ever, you know, put myself in a in a position where. I, I feel or would think that I I know it all because there's so much I don't know and so much I want to continue to learn and 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 a lot of you know every time we come in contact with with another person um, it's a learning opportunity too I love that awesome okay um, how did you take so the mindset of your professional sports how did you take that aspect of kind of having like, you know, when you said that you signed with the Yankees, that that like winning mindset, how did you take that to your career? And why don't you tell everyone what you do for work? And sure. The business that you own. So I'm a, I'm a real estate broker. Um, I own a, a residential real estate brokerage for, uh, for sales, which is called um, Major League Properties. I own a property management company called All Star Property Management. 
and I own a, an escrow company, Stadium Escrow. So really try to diversify um, in, in the field of real estate to help you know, our community and love what I do. We have a team of 20 people and you know, similar to, a, to really a baseball team. Um, and I'm playing, uh, I'm, I'm playing a lot of different roles, uh, coach manager and team leader at times, and, and, but also learning from them all the time as well. So uh, that's what I'm doing now. Um, and uh, what was the, the... How have you kind of tailored your winning mindset that you got from mm-hmm. your professional career to your actual business? So winning mindset is, again, it comes, it comes to me, Brock, from a place that, you know, my dad taught me when I was little, you know, the, the basic uh, important lessons of be the first one there and the last one to leave. Be the hardest worker on that team. And I'm grateful for that. My dad was, a, was and always has been a hard worker. So, you know, he worked two jobs to keep us going when I was little. And so I learned the value and the importance of, of hard work to, um, to not just support your family, but to refine and, and grow your skills. So that was my, um, that was my kind of mantra as a, as a young kid is let's go have fun and let's go work hard. Uh, and the other valuable, you know, kind of family core value that we had was that we're going to treat people the way we want to be treated. Uh, we're going to love others essentially. So, you know, that's the, that's kind of the, the household that I grew up in was we're going to work hard and we're going to love others. And so, um, you know, in doing that, that's how I set out on my journey. And then of course I found my, you know, I found Christ later in my career, later, later in my life. And that really changed my perspective on, Hey, Christ wants us to love others too. Um, and so, uh, we're going to do that in in a whole new level. So there, there was, there was just some change in perspective from a lot of those qualities that my dad had already taught me, mom and dad, to to now uh, putting that on my faith journey into baseball and, and my business. But really, the 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 winning strategies were being all that I could be every day, um, and um, you know, it, it, whatever you whatever you do work as work it with all your mind as if working for the Lord. So, um, that was my, my, in my, in my heart now to really, um, take, take heed to Mm. was, um, my faith transition was a big shift in my life where I didn't, I took all the experiences that I had Brock and, God humbled me through some injuries uh, in baseball, which I retired early because of a couple shoulder surgeries. And really it was Joshua 1718 where it says true success comes from knowing God's word and meditating on it day and night. And until that point in my life, my success was based on statistics. Mm. And when I got injured and I realized things were outside of my control, I really started to fathom uh why am i here 
what am I doing? Right? And so uh, I had this uh, just veil lifted. And when I accepted Christ, really started continuing to implement all the positive mental training, all the gifts that he had given me, just with a completely new purpose. Um, and so that purpose is to know him better, be all that I can be every day, impact others. And so now I do that in, in real estate. Um, I wake up with an excitement to get my work in and um, share what I'm learning with others. Um, find out how I can be different than, um, than others out there to add more value to my clients. And so it's purposeful. It's exciting. Um, but the, the positive mental routines of baseball are there now in, in real estate. And it comes from working hard, um, understanding what that means in that industry. Systems, marketing, networking, you know, communicating with people, the social components. There's a lot that goes into really just building relationships. God's taught me that life isn't about you know mainly making money got life is about enriched relationships with people and that's what we have in heaven is relationships mm. um and it's it's about those people so i go about my business with that mentality now uh of man i'm going to i'm going to go out there and and do i still want to be number 1 you betcha um do i still evaluate my competition all the time <laughs> and so, you know, I don't spend a ton of time on it like baseball, but I'm aware of, of my of what's going on in the industry. And then I want to compete to be the best. Um, that's what God's put in my heart every day. So um, I'm on a quest to do that uh, in my community, uh, one person at a time, one client at a time, one agent at a time, as we grow now a team of 20 people to kind of the next level. Awesome. I love that. Let's go over some mental hurdles or limiting beliefs that you had to overcome during your journey. Um, And how did you overcome them, both on and off the field? So the mental first mental hurdle I had was the world telling me I was ugly. Mm. Uh, Just from, you know, the kids will... Your differences as, as, as kids are not always a good thing, right? They stand out and, and people will, uh, will mock you. So as a kid, that was my first mental hurdle is, man, girls don't think I'm, I'm cute. Uh, I struggle with those relationships and I look in the mirror every day and I'm scarred up. So that was hard as a kid. Um, so so grateful I had a mom that (laughs) um, she's not with us anymore but um, she just poured into me Brock every day so my dad was that go work go work get it done be be all you can be and my mom was you're beautiful you're amazing you're wonderful Mm. and so I had this support system in my life that was essential for me to I think power through those younger years and so grateful 
you know, I used to not want these scars, but now God's shown me that these scars are a huge part of who I am today. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wear, I wear them, you know, um, without unashamedly, if you will. Mm-hmm. But um, that was number one. Okay. And then number two, I think was um, when you're an athlete, when you're performing well, you're on top of the world, right? You're healthy, you're strong. You're doing what you love to do. Life's good. Life's easy. But when, when I, you know, I didn't get hurt till I was about 26. I was invincible. I'm on 26, yet I, I had my first shoulder injury and back injury and damaged some nerves. And, and then everything, you know, starts to kind of just be a little bit more challenging. So I think it was it was at that point where um, I really struggled mentally. Is man, I've been I've been working hard at this. I had a plan, Brock. Here was my plan. Everything was going well, and now I got damaged nerves in my in my torso, my back, and I got some shoulder stuff, and, and I'm out of, out of whack for six months off the field. So um, I really started to contemplate um purpose um but um once you know the lord helped me with that i got back on track and i said hey i gotta get back in i gotta get back in the in the mental game here and really what it was was learning how to now be the best i could be in maybe a not my best physical state Mm. um a lot of baseball players a lot of athletes grind through that is okay they go from having value to now having very little value from a performance perspective. And when your hope is in, and identity is just in performance, then you're going to feel empty and alone. And, uh, uh, yeah. And, and, um, and I don't want to say worthless, but, but not as of much worth. So I struggled with that like you know and then and then really it was also to get to the professional level to get to your level there's a lot of people that play a role in that and so when you get to that level you you want to succeed for you and for them right so you have family that have sacrificed people that have helped coaches that have contributed and so you get to that level and it's like you're right there on the brink of doing something really special and all of a sudden you you can't do it anymore and there's a there's a sense of of letdown for or disappointment for all those people, but there's also a weight. There was a weight on my on my shoulders that I gotta do this for them too. Mm-hmm. And the the Lord lifted that weight off of me to make me realize that no, I don't have to do that. Um, and which was great. It gave me perspective on look, this is just that's a weight I don't need to carry. Um, go, go, go be all you can be, whether you're hurt or you're healthy every day. And today's a gift and make the most of that day. So help change my perspective, gave me some freedom so I could get back in the, in the grind of the, the mental grind of baseball. But that was definitely um, one of the hardest 
mental challenges I ever had to overcome. Slumps, sure. Every ball, every ball player is going to go through slumps. Um, so my my answer for slumps was keep working, keep grinding, keep trying to make adjustments, keep getting with the coaches that that you connect with the best. Um, get with yourself. You know, I had a I had a sequence where I went off the tee, then soft toss, then short toss. It's like go to the back to the basics. Um, and in real estate today, I tell everybody hit the singles don't focus on the home runs you got to go back to the basics the singles i play got to play with wade boggs with the yankees hall of fame the guy's got i don't know a gazillion hits the guy could hit and he hit single i mean he hit wasn't a home run hitter but he just put the bat on the ball and got his hits Mm -hmm. and so being around guys like them it was you know very successful so it's the little things that we do every day that lead to opportunities for for doubles, triples, and home runs. Got you. I love you. I, I mean, that's like the process, right? Yeah. Focusing on the angle or the dream, you have to be able to do all the little tiny small stuff and focus on that in between. I love that. All right. Um, pertaining to more of business, I know I've talked a lot about professional sports. I... What's what's one of the most important aspects to your business um, that you have implemented? I mean, I know we talk about every single day. It's all the small stuff. But is there anything like really interesting when it comes to your business that you've been like, oh, wow, I learned that because of baseball? Is there anything like yeah. really specifically? Well, um, I... I think there's there's a lot of little things. How I go about my business is one of them. Um, the what, what's really been stretching my brain hmm. recently is um, I learned I was on I have six championship rings at home, and it wasn't because I was great. It was because I was on great teams, hmm. and I was on. A lot, of, a lot of losing teams too. My college team, for example. Um, so, I learned that leadership matters, mission matters, and those successful teams had a strong top leadership team that cast a mission and a vision of this is the, this is our goal. This is, and, and we, we're going to stay focused on that. So as we're going about our day-to-day, here's who we are. Here's our mission. Here's our core values. This is who we are. This is the standard. This is the standard. Yeah. The Yankees created that right mm-hmm. out of the gate. This is the standard. This is what we expect. This is who we are. This is what we're going to do. And we're going to accomplish big things together. So... I was also, again, on some terrible teams. And so I realized that that the leadership is a huge part of a successful business. And so if it were easy, everyone would have solid leadership and be thriving in their businesses. So where I've been stretched is 
reflecting back on baseball and those experiences and, and, and remembering you know, who was in charge and, and what we were doing and how we accomplished those things. Really right now it's putting together a group of people that are in a, in a lane where they're using their giftedness, their, their, their gifted set uh, to impact others. And so I've been blessed with and focused on trying to do that with the right people. So you, you set out on these business dreams and goals and adventures and, it, and you're going to meet a lot of people. I'm meeting a lot of people. And really, you're, I'm always curious, well, you know, we really need someone that specializes in this or that or, or, in, or, or that's going to support people in this way or that way. So that's been exciting and challenging to create a team, of a leadership team, to set the tone for our, our, our companies, mm-hmm. my companies. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a full-time job to make sure that everyone's remembering the mission, keeping our core values in check, and growing and sharpening one another and 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 it's exciting when you get that group of people in a room um and there might be a new one coming into the fold soon right it's like well it's exciting i pray for god to bring those people because you can accomplish mighty things or have more impact in our companies when uh, when there's more support. Um, I've been trying to do that, you know, as a two-man crew for, you know, for my first ten years in real estate. There was two of us. We were doing that on a small scale. Ten years ago, I became a broker, expanded a little bit, did that on a little bit larger scale. And four and a half year, four plus years ago, I created a new brand with a new structure to bring people in. And now we're in that growth stage. And what, I'm, what I love is that we're trying to create a reputation in our community of there's someone you can trust. There's someone that, that's, that's an expert. There's someone that's going to care for us. There's someone that's going to add value and, and help guide us through these different processes. So... That's what I keep my mind focused on, Brock, is, is making sure that, that everyone understands that's who we are. It's not about the commission. It's about the client. Mm-hmm. It's not about the, um, the individual. It's about the group. And so, you know, it, it's super exciting when you, um, and I know you have some companies and some businesses too and and when you get to impact lives and then start to do it on a greater scale it's like wow this is pretty awesome we're having we're having more and more impact all the time yeah yeah no absolutely are there any specific books or resources or people that have had a significant impact on the way that you think or your journey in your life up to this point So one, I know the Bible and probably Jesus Christ. Yeah, for sure. So you can kind of hit on those too. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, the, the my Bible is my sword. And, 
you know, I'm in it every day, every morning. And it just sets the tone for helping put me in the right mental state too of being able to walk out the door. And even before I walk out the door, love my wife, love my kids, um, be the leader of my home um, in a in a strong yet humble way that only Christ can show me. Uh, and then stepping out into try to lead a team of of you know real estate professionals and help them blossom their careers and and impact clients and navigate tough situations and I mean so it it started with my dad in regards to people my mom and dad were were just um, you know they, their love for me was uh, just the the biggest blessing and then really. Each coach, you know, I have a mindset of, you know, I, I love some coaches and didn't like some as much, but I was always trying to learn something. Um, man, my, my, my high school coach was like a, he was like a sergeant, but man, he taught me hard work. He taught me to go out there and outwork and something that my dad had taught me too, but he, 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 he was a men, also on the mental side. Uh, he was the one that brought Ken Revisa into our team at the high school level, thirty years ago. Um, so there was who is Ken Revisa? Ken Revisa, for those who don't know, <laughs> Ken Revisa, you know, thirty some years ago, during my high school career, really was um, the first time I'd ever heard of, of of the profession of sports psychology. And at the time, it was a little bit taboo. It's like, well, you know, who's Who's, who's not in their right mental state that needs some help, <laughs> right? It's come a long way. Yeah. So, um, it, uh, but what can change that? Um, he brought really, uh, for lack of better words, he, he brought the cool into sports psychology to where it's like, look, this is, this is a positive thing that's going to um, help you think a little differently, help your game, uh, help you prepare differently. And so anyway, my high school coach understood that, um, that it was work and it was mindset. Um, and, you know, he's he is a Hall of Fame Orange County coach and um, just really feel blessed to have had his uh, leadership. Uh, again, we won. CIF championship our senior year, so we had we had a title there, and then um, really each coach, my college coaches, I I tell young kids today, I say, look, you, you know you're going to pursue your dream. You go where you connect with the people. The jersey name, school, all that's exciting and aspirational, but you for for a period of your life, three four years, you're going to be in relationship with people and those people are who you're going to go to go to war with both positively and sometimes potentially negatively mm. so you know evaluate that um, but my college coaches up at cal looked me in the eye and said i'm going to give you an opportunity and it was authentic and so i so it, that meant something to me. So um, 
he taught me about the authenticity of relationship and being real with expectations and opportunities. So I take that into my business today. I don't try to, you know, teach or, or offer unex, uh, unre, unrealistic expectations. Um, but anyway, and rock through my whole career, I, I could name 10 of them, coaches, that took the time to pull me aside and help me, not just in the batting cage, but on the mental side, mm. to say, hey, you did this out there today, why'd you do that? And so, you know, I had a coach one time, probably one of my favorites. He was my coach in the minor leagues for a couple of years. And, you know, I prided myself on being a strong mental player. I made a mistake, I threw the ball. Um, I, I was playing first and I hard ground ball infield in. The pitcher was blinding the runner. So I just went and stepped on first base and I didn't throw the ball home to get an important out at the plate and man he came I came in and he was all over me and um I you know it caught me off guard it was one of those few times where I was like I made a mistake um but there was not just that moment of being in the heat of the battle but there was there was follow-up to say hey Let's talk more about that. And so that's what baseball was to me. It was it was about performance, but it was also about relationship and strategically navigating um, the game to be the best I could be, to understand it the best. Um, even when I got into the big leagues, I had a, a coach, um, one of my heroes growing up, Reggie Smith with the Dodgers, we were in Dodger. We were we were in before preseason, getting some workout in Dodger Stadium, and he made some adjustments with my swing, and I started hitting the ball opposite field like I'd never had before. I mean, way out of the ball, way out of the ballpark, mm-hmm. and um, it just it reminded me that man, I'm always learning. I can always get better. I can always you know make adjustments. I'm never there. Um, so the people, there wasn't really a book, you know, um, a self-help book or that, that really impacted me, of course the Bible, but, um, but it was the people that I really feel blessed to have, have learned from along the way, mm-hmm. um, from, you know, from my, my own home growing up to all the way through my coaching, coaching my teams and, and whatnot, so. Right, yeah. So the importance of the relationships you had around you and the information that you gained from those relationships. Because I have, I mean, I even have some athletes that don't necessarily like people and they, they're so in tune with this is my way. I will think I'll put my blinders on and not really listen to anyone because a lot of good athletes are that way. But I think a mature athlete understands what you're talking about. Being yeah. able to take every bit of information that's given to you even if you don't agree with it, even if you don't like it, and they can kind of decipher and take good things out of even a, a negative conversation, you know, I think that that's totally. a really mature thing. Yeah, it's kind of in line with what you're saying. Right? Yeah, totally. I, I totally get it. You know, there's there's some coaches I'm like, oh, here we go again. 
Yeah. <laughs> right? But then there might be one thing that gets you thinking yeah. about, about something. So. And that's not an easy thing to do. And that's, that's really an important thing to learn. Mm-hmm. You know? If you had the opportunity to go back in time and speak to your younger adult self, what advice or words of wisdom would you offer? Knowing what you know now as a former professional baseball player mm-hmm. and successful business owner. I, I think I would have taken more time to get to know and communicate and build relationships with people that weren't necessarily just kind of like me or, or in my lane of, of life. Um, you know, I, I try to be different than I was then now because, you know, as a kid, we tend to find our skill set, find what we like to do, and we stay in that lane, and we, and we, we run with people that are in that lane. And what I realized was is that I, I lost out on a lot of uh, potential opportunities to learn more about different people. Um, and so um, that's what I think I would tell my, my young self is take the time to talk to people, even if they're not like you. Okay, so let's wrap this up. We have a thing that we do on the podcast where someone asks a question from the last podcast to the person who's getting interviewed on the next one. So this is your question, okay. from my brother from the last podcast, and he shot you a question. And the question is, if there was no opportunity to make money in the profession that you are currently in, would you still be doing it? Yeah, that's a good question. Yeah. So my, my initial thoughts on that question are money is a necessary uh, variable in most cases to make impact in this world. Not in all, but in most. So the love of money is the root of all evil. So the, I view money as a resource to make impact. Not to build my kingdom, but to build God's kingdom. So, you know, that's a, it's a tough question to answer directly, but, but I think what, what God's given me is just a perspective that money's an important resource to make impact. Um, so my focus is making impact. And if I can make more impact, making more income, then that's good for the kingdom. Mm-hmm. Um, now that, that comes with balance, though. Too is, you know, kingdom impact is is a huge focus for me. But you don't want to work every minute of every day either. Mm-hmm. So there's got to be balance in your life. Mm-hmm. And so um, I don't know if I answered your brother's question directly or not, but I would just say I, I've learned that that. Money is a good resource to make make impact in this world for for God's kingdom. So I think that uh, if we don't focus on it being 
destructive or self uh, fulfilling, then it can be um, it can be a a good thing to make more impact. So um, I I think because of that, the way our world system set up, it's something that um, can be used for good. Uh, uh, but I do think it's a necessary resource to make larger impact. Absolutely. So great. So <laughs> that being said, you now have to ask a question for the next interview. Okay. And Go you ahead. don't know who that is because I don't even know who that is. I don't so. know who that is. Okay. Um, What's your question? Oh, that's put me on the spot. Um, question is, what type of impact would you love to be involved with in changing people's lives for good? Awesome. I love that question. That kind of took his question and then you like furthered it into a different segment. I, I love that. That's awesome. Okay, um, that wraps up the, the podcast today. That was I, fun. Yeah, that was really fun. That was I really, awesome. I really, really appreciate you coming in. That's uh, was... my privilege. Thank you, and, and I'm just thrilled to know you. I'm, I'm excited for what you're doing and the impact that you're making in, in, in the lives of athletes, too. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. All right, thank you, everyone, for listening. Have a great day.